Hey, this is Adam Mitchell. You're listening to Tom and Zeus and the Shout It Out Loudcast. Rock on. and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 37. We are calling this one, Let's Elevate Our Desire Without Regret to give some of the newer music a chance because my mojo was rising earlier today. And this podcast is the dictionary definition of we're united and they don't want us to be. Tommy and Zeus, it's not hopeless, baby. What's up? Wow. I love the intro, Sonny. Always very creative getting those song titles in there. Uh, Happy New Year, boys. We're back after a little holiday hiatus for the month of December. So uh, we've had two months to listen to the winery dogs. All right. Yeah. Is that a positive thing? We'll find out soon enough, won't we? This album has the best titles for insults to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, We're yeah. going back. It's usually led by Sonny, who likes to take a song title and tell us how much he's like about to kill himself because he has to listen to this album more. But this one has some great titles for it. And I'm, I was counting as you were doing it. How many references is he going to make in his open? I had about eight. Yep. Good stuff. Four, five. Yeah, I think I got about eight in there. Yep. Hey, so we before we get started, first yeah. of all, Proud to be in the shout, shout it out loudcast hall of fame. That's right. That's right. I am proud. There will be a mini puny bust like a head. Right. Okay. And uh, okay. I got a message. Uh, Joey, you in? <laughs> Joe, don't worry about it because we decided against it because we didn't have enough material to make your nose anyway. So, well, no, well, Joey's in, but he's going to buy a ticket to get in. So, <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets the Bruce Kulick invite to the Hall of Fame. You can yeah. come with the band, but you're not part of the yeah. band induction. You can enjoy the catered affair, uh, <laughs> Joey. You're a plus one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey. Uh, you know the guy that you ripped off for $30 on his poster, uh, Mr. Trot? Uh, we were talking to him. <laughs> I forgot about, about that. <laughs> I, I never ripped I'm, him I'm, off. I'm sure he had deal of the century. What are you talking about? Regardless, uh, we, we were like, Joey, can you come up with a shouted out loud cast Hall of Fame image, like a trophy or something? He's like, it's like what's going to be a dick or something? I'm like, <laughs> mm, let's think about that. So Sonny, be a a pair of Christy cannons that Sonny took care of us for us. Thank you for that, Sonny. Christy cannons giving us a shout out. Thanks to Mr. Pooney. But we should have something 
there'd be like I don't know what we're gonna call the award too, the loudie or fucking. I have I have a great idea. Why, since Joey wants to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. <laughs> how about his snow globe be the award? <laughs> Of him putting his chapstick on. Nobody will want to keep it, though. That's the point. Mine's leaking right now. It's on my desk. It's ruining my wooden desk. But that's a separate story. This is a talking piece for the house, though. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. People want getting like, what the fuck is that? You know that person? <laughs> Who is this idiot that created these for himself? How embarrassing was it? How hard did the snow globe guy laugh? When you gave this order, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. It's better for him that he's not in the Hall of Fame because we talk about him way more. So he's he's the winner here. All right, enough, 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 Casada. Oh let's no, get to one it. more thing. Okay. Do you remember oh. Robin Harris? Yeah, you remember the comedian Robin? Yeah, Harris? right. Yeah, father from yeah. um from a house party. Yeah. Oh he yeah. Used okay. To have this. He used to have this bit, so I'll use it for Joey. Casada oh. needs two tickets to go to the zoo. One to get in, the other one to get out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, Robin Harris. He was funny. <laughs> Poor Casada. <laughs> you bet not. Just follow the drip. Follow the drip. Follow the drip. <laughs> All right. Where the fuck are we? <laughs> We're ARC. <laughs> okay. We did uh, Rage Against the Machine last time, right? Yes, we did. Yep. All right. Tom, you put a poll. Top four songs that we had voted on. How did the How did the community vote? Yeah. So as usual, the the I swear to God, these people just scroll through Twitter and be like, oh, this is the only song I know. So the songs were Freedom, Bullet in the Head, Know Your Enemy, and Killing in the Name. And Killing in the Name got 64%. That's just ridiculous. Wrong. It's just, it's, just, it's wrong. It's ridiculous and wrong. A couple comments here. Let's see here. Graham Richley says, let's face it. For most people, Rage Against the Machine is a one-hit wonder with daringly outrageous lyrics. Okay, I, I love Graham. I I don't know the people that think that clearly have heard the song on the radio and are not a Rage Against the Machine fan. I mean, that's I get what he's saying, but nah. yeah, but, but you he, can say that about everyone. I was just going to say, is, right? There's, there's there's a million bands. Right? You can I'm say. sure Kaja Gugu has 85 songs. People know. Yeah, I know. Pre- I'm going to pretend. I, I, I'm going I, I, to I'm going to pretend you did not just compare Kajagugu to Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, buddy Andy, know your enemy. That riff is a monster. Stuart H. I had forgotten how good this album is. I have never forgotten how good big this album is. Oh God! And then somebody bitching about the album because it's not rock. Yeah, you're right. Rage Against the Machine isn't rock. Okay. Well, guess what? You got winery dogs. All right. You you happy with that now? pain in the ass <laughs> you know we're still recording right oh i fuck him i don't care <laughs> uh a couple other comments here our buddy dr two i'm thinking about joining patreon just so me and tony barone can force tools fear inoculum on sunny Pooney as the next arc pick well oh, since you type this dr two you are a patreon and coming soon we're gonna have patreon selection so go for it with oh. tool Go for it. Go the for it. Tax man Anthony Barone has had a hard on for Tool. I don't know since we've met him. Uh, so- let me tell you right now, if that thing ever wins a Patreon pick, brace <laughs> yourself. The fir- the first song on Fear Inoculum is about eleven minutes long. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, the guy's trying to get to me. Zeus is just the innocent bystander <laughs> taking all the bullets. <laughs> Zeus is like a human shield. <laughs> 
<laughs> Undertow. Now that would be an album I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, let's see. Our buddy Tom Dust, uh, who does our intro music for Dorm Damage and Shout It Out Loudcast, but Tony from Restrained, our buddy, does the music for this for ARC. So we're happy hey, that we remember what? that. The other day, Tom, I texted our cabin group on yeah. shuffle. A restrained song came up on my phone. Did you also yeah. text him how quickly you skipped it when it showed, when it appeared? <laughs> Nobody commented in the group. No one was like, "Oh, I like that." Everyone's just like whistling crickets. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's like, "What's what's this band?" Oh, come like, on! We hey, just, look what we just look kidding. what came up on shuffle. Everyone's like. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. We love Tony and Restrained. But our buddy Tom says, Stone Cold Classic. This album has never left my rotation. Tom Morello, one of the most innovative guitar players ever. Yes, indeed. Uh, and our buddy, lovely Lance Lumley says, I am still waiting for the Barry Manilow review. Dude, don't give Murph any ideas, please. Dude, I, I have Barry Manilow live on vinyl, a double LP. <laughs> don't beware. We'll, I'll, I'll make you listen to it. What's uh, worse than a Barry Manilow, a Barry Manilow live album? Barry Manilow alive. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Manilow sings "Kiss Alive." <laughs> you gotta lose your mind in Detroit, uh, Rock remember? City. Tom Jones did that shit with a bunch of songs. You remember that? <laughs> he, I just remember he did Prince's what do you call it song. Oh no, remember? wait, it wasn't Tom. It was Kiss. Pat Kiss. Boone. It was Pat Boone, Pat Boone. Yeah, he did, he did like a metal cover album. Yeah. Oh, not, brutal. not good. Brutal. Not good. Oh. But anyways, that's Twitter, Zeus. All right, boys. Um, before I move on and talk about the stuff from the Book of Face, I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken, Restrained has a new album that is going to be released. Really? Because I got five copies of it. So oh, it's, oh, it, it has been released. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, it has been released. What's the name of the album? Uh, I don't know. Can you look at one of the five copies that you have? Oh, wait, you lift up your drink because I know you're using them as a coaster. <laughs> They're holding to... up the table. Oh, it's <laughs> trying to plug this for our friend. He's a very Sonny, good friend Sonny, of mine. Sonny can't show you the CD because his desk will tip over if he does. You can't. You can't give me material. That's not going to help. The I'm trying to help him out. You guys are killing him. But this is how much we love Tony. <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about this before we started recording. How you re- how you really have to like somebody to be able to break balls to this level. But I saw him in his. I think it's the lead singer, like. Doing like clips and yeah, videos Johnny, and talking, yeah. but is it out? Yeah, it's well. I he sent them out because they got him on CD. So okay, <laughs> I just don't remember what the name of it is. Six one seven zero eight five zero eight. Wait, let's see. Let's see if it's on Spotify. <laughs> it's on. It's on MySpace. <laughs> Oh, my God. He has him on the telephone pole. You can take him off. It's called Two. It's their third album, but it's called. Oh, that's right. (laughs) He did the same thing. He was copying Heat where it's not that number two. Right? Yes. I remember he told us that. Yeah, it's Restraint 2, but it's their third album. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. The Restraint Tards aren't going to like that. Oh, and I feel bad now because you released it on my birthday. Oh, oh Jesus Christ, oh Sonny. God. 
God. What nice guy. <laughs> oh, yikes. Oh. All right. Um, let's go to on the book of face. Michelle Musau. I think I'm saying Michelle's last name correctly. She is the better half of our Ronnie James Dio lookalike, uh, loudcaster, Patreon extraordinaire, Jeff Kinsley. Yeah, our cruise buddies. Yes, yes. She writes, why does Sonny hate fun? (laughs) What, does she think rage is fun? (laughs) I I think we had a conversation about that, Sonny, at one point in the episode. Something about things you were running down a list or something. I don't know. It's called rage against the machine, not (laughs) fun against the machine. (laughs) I have have fun. There's fun in my life. Um, There's fun in my life. Perennial curmudgeon part two, Michael Murphy. Uh, put the YouTube clip of George Carlin talking about guys named Todd. Fucking love that. That shit is legendary. Great fucking uh, clip there. Uh, John Kosis, who I believe is a new Patreon member, Tom. That's right. Yep. I only bought this the other week. Glad Sonny liked it and was pleasantly surprised. He can be a hard man to please. Mm. I thought the 90s were back. In Australia, we have clubs and bars that play 80s, 90s rock. It's quite cool to see music bring people in their 40s and 20s together having a good time. Another excellent episode. Looking for the next one, which I saw on Creatures of the Night Review. Oh, well, that's how long it's been since we've done this. <laughs> exactly. Our buddy Adam Stevenson, who's uh, got the Metal Oasis podcast. Yes. Fuck. I keep slipping on these end of the month ARC episodes. Happy Wednesday. Yep. Uh, Stephen Wood says, man, you guys are king of content. Great choice. Looking forward to the episode. Daniel Holler Houston. Can't wait to hear this. Zach was the singer for one of my favorite bands of all time, Inside Out. Mm-hmm. People my age in the punk hardcore scene still joke rages Zach's rap band. Yep. His multi-platinum rap band that is so big that no one even remembers his other bands. Mm-hmm. I don't even know of his other band, so there you go. He makes Yeah, a great he's been point. in a few other little projects before and after Rage. Uh, oh, Michael Murphy added that Desert album uh, for him, and he's pleasantly surprised by uh, Zeus and Sonny's re- uh, respective reviews. Great episode. Cool. A Rick Rara killer album. This should be good. On Loudcasters. Uh, <laughs> our buddy, uh, Steve Wright. Rage oh, on ARC, and then he puts a fucking laughing emoji. Oh, God. I'm sorry. It's not Halloween, the, <laughs> the keeper of the seven keys. <laughs> my favorite thing, as I told you, it's when Dylan's like, yeah, so uh, my thing was Rage Against. I listened to that episode, and he's like, and you could tell they were all snickering or saying something to him. And he's like, what the fuck? Why do I have to pick if you guys are going to shit on everything I pick? Why do you ask me? <laughs> it was fucking great. Uh, the tax man, Anthony Barone. Oh, he loves rage. Oh, he does. I wasn't even aware of that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so ABCPA Inc. Man says, make it easy for me because this was on my possible ARC picks. Stevie Fly, who we just found out is not Fly. It's Fly. Which I don't understand, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, is there a th and an e? Thank you. you. <laughs> to me- to mess everybody up, dude, dude. 
he 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 asked if we would do an intro for him, a bumper for his show. We did it. And the other day he told us, oh, I loved your intro. I mean, even though my name isn't Flyth, I'm like, dude, why do you keep it? Why did you tell us to fix it? It's so nice. He didn't tell us. And we're like, yeah, you got to listen to Stevie Flyth. Now I feel bad because he texted me the other day, goes, Sonny, you like Tiger Tales? I'm like, um, no. <laughs> he is he seemed the, happy about Tiger's Tales. He I'm is like, like such a nice guy. Isn't Steve. that like, is that a band or is that like a cartoon? No, yeah, it's a band. Oh, is yeah, Tiger Tales. Oh, I'm thinking of yeah. DuckTales. I'm thinking of DuckTales. No, there's another one like that. Tiger Tiger Buddies or Tiger, tiger Beef? Daniel Tiger? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Man? That what's his name? Tiger King? Oh, Tiger King. Oh, that becomes okay. What's that gonna segue into? No, 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 no. Back on track. We can't segue into him. You want to talk about picket fence team? <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Broken piano keys. Joe Decker. Better than peace of mind? Sonny Pooney, you disappoint me, my friend. That is still uh, a shocking rank right there. Hey, I, I, that, 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 yeah, no, I'm, I hear you. Yep. I hear you, Fruitcake. Um, over on our Instagram page, Radio Chaos says, I'm in the middle politically. But this album spoke to me in a way no other ever has. To me, it's not left. It's about, I think he's trying to say hypocrisy and corruption and apathy. And the band is amazing musically. One of the best. Open my eyes to a lot of stuff. I am more aware as an adult and a parent as a result of hearing this album in 1993. Mm. review. Interesting. Um, All right. That's cool. Tui Liam. Listening to this one in the gym this morning, and I messed up while doing my tricep presses <laughs> when I heard Zeus burp <laughs> while reading my rut <laughs> comment. Thanks. Oh, Jesus. I don't remember that, did I? Well, well, well. <laughs> we get that deep uh, burp there going over on our YouTube page. FM Big Hair, two hour and 47 minute. What the fuck? Laughing my ass off. Another, all of which are American dreams. Zeus sounds special. When he reads that lyric, what the fuck? All of which are American dreams. <laughs> What's that? That's offensive. Is, did I read that as A's or something? I don't know. Hey, I don't know about the American dream. I can tell you about the ace wet dream I had last night. <laughs> did uh, you just say ace is special? Well, 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 I don't think we're breaking any news there. I was on the spectrum, but nobody knows for sure. Oh, we know Ace. <laughs> and then Jason Leonard says, too bad we don't do comment of the weeks here. I'm going to develop an advanced AI. It will automatically edit Sonny's terrible takes out of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Rush terrible makes him king music guard. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a nice title to have. I like it. I thought Shout It Out Loudcast Hall of Famer was impressive, but <laughs> King Music Tard is that might be extra special. I don't think because you were going... I don't like Rush. Yes, seriously, people. Exactly. 
It does a people. lot. People. I know. All right, guys, that's what I got. All right, we got a couple emails. Sonny, you want to take yours? <clears throat> yeah, the email I got uh, from Penelope Red. Now, oh, he's reading his own burner account. Are okay. Convinced on the burner account. Penelope, I'm getting credit for everything you say. So okay. I want to make that right. But anyway. Hey guys, this episode had a few unexpected twists that made it interesting to listen to over the holidays, mainly Sonny not trashing it and giving it a decent rating. I'm glad that everybody thought I was going to trash this shit. Uh, Now, if there's any interest in keeping this R theme going, I'll leave you four options. REO Speedwagon. No, thanks. Rough cut. Dude, anything. Two T's. Come on, dude. Done. Rick Springfield. Okay, you got me there. Rose Tattoo. Really? I never no, even heard of that. Choose wisely, buy for now, and whatever Pride 84 means. I don't know what Pride 84 means. Okay. All right. Well, I would love to do a Rick Springfield album. I'm not kidding. Springfield I, I know day. like four all songs day. of his. I bet you know more oh than four. Oh, my God. I bet, I bet you you know more oh, than four. I know four. about four songs of his. I don't know what he's. I remember the albums uh, with yeah. the little dog thing. Working class hero, working class dog, working class dog, and working class hero, whatever it is. Yeah, his his greatest hits are all like killer tunes. Yeah, but that's 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 a great greatest hits. And I never realized, and I I never realized because you always think of him as like an '80s pop guy. I never realized how well respected he is as a guitar player until I saw him. Until I saw him in an issue of Guitar World, I was like, "Holy shit!" And like. But he's got a yeah. lot of rock in his music for sure. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I and agree. he was banging fat nurses on General Hospital in the eighties. Yeah, he's still a handsome <laughs> man. But all right, well, one other email here for our buddy Mike H. Dateline nineteen ninety two. Friends and I are attending a driving and crying concert. First of all, I got to stop you right there. Driving and crying. If oh, I then that might be. I'm telling you, Murph keeps pushing me to do Fly Me Courageous on here. It it might be coming sooner than later. Uh, Friends and I are attending a driving and crying concert at the famous Limelight in New York City. Between bands, the PA is playing music just like every other show anywhere and everywhere else. But this time, the song was killing in the name of. I'll proudly admit that I'm a sucker for the F word in lyrics. And the more aggressively it's used, the more I'm sucking for it. I was instantly floored, and I needed to find out right then and there who this was and buy it ASAP. One problem, there was no internet. Not just there, but anywhere. It was still a wet dream as far as public consumption was concerned. I eventually found out who it was and bought it. Grabbed a hold of me like no other music had in quite a while. I fell in love with it. Checked off a ton of boxes for me. Swearing, angry, rebellious, and innovative. Tom Morello was making noises with a guitar that I had never heard, and Zach was pissed off and letting you know about it. This band made me dig into history to find out what the fuck they were talking about the same way Iron Maiden did in the 80s. I loved everything about it. Saw them on the tour for this album at the famous Roseland in New York City. Big mistake. I ended up hugging the back wall of this place with all the scared-to-death parents. It was a total madhouse from opening note. I literally thought I was going to die. The worst thing that happened to this band less than a decade later was that the citizens of this country became patriotic after 9-11 because bashing leaders and our government became extremely unpopular at that time. Well, they also weren't really making records in 2011. Uh, Thank you for reviewing this. It's been a while since you reviewed a good album. Yes, I said it. Come at me, bro. Ooh, Mike H starting shit. Uh, It's a good email, though. I like it. I like that. First of all, seeing driving and crying. Yeah, Uh, that's emails. Wonder what he's going to think when he hears this review then. Uh, we'll find out. Who knows? Yeah. So 
Winery Dogs. That's Sonny's pick. Sonny, tell us how you got into them, a little bit about your history with the band. Yeah, so let's do a little history lesson first about the Winery Dogs, and I'll tell you how I got into them. Please and do. The history, the, yeah, the history lesson isn't long. So yeah, about 2011, Portnoy calls Billy Sheehan, says, hey, let's do something together. I want to do something that's more head straight rock versus a dream theater type stuff he was doing. So that's kind of how it got started. So basically, Mike wanted to do a rock band. The intent was to have John Sykes be the lead singer and guitar player. So basically what he was doing in blue murder, but John, according to John had scheduling issues. I'll tell you, they dodged a major bullet there because I love John Sykes and what he did in white snake, but I own all his solo stuff. And he's kind of like John Norum. There's just something missing in the solo stuff. That's just not as catchy as the stuff stuff John Norum did with Europe or mm-hmm. Sykes did with white snake. So I don't know if it would have worked anyway. So I guess they were talking to Eddie Trunk about it and Trunk suggests that they should have reached out to Richie and Billy's like doing that thing on, you know, when you hit yourself in the head, kind of like, Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't even think about Richie and he had worked with Richie and Mr. Big. So he already knew Richie. So they get together and that's kind of how they got started. Now, what's funny is the interview cycle starts after the album comes out. And every time Billy asked how you guys got together, Billy would keep saying someone recommended Richie. I think Billy oh. had forgotten who had recommended Richie. Okay. So it wasn't like it, like it wasn't like, like a purposeful omission. No, of any. no, okay. you know, you know, people just, Hey, how'd you get together? Well, someone mentioned Richie and I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah. Why didn't I think about that? You know, okay. I think Billy was just being Billy. Yeah. But, uh, I, I thought it was interesting cause I had seen several interviews that were that way. Now, if you don't know anything about Billy, played bass for Steve Vai, uh, with Steve Vai in the Dave Lee Roth band. Um, he was, uh, in his own band called Talis. Um, and obviously he's the bass player, Mike Portnoy, former member of dream theater. Uh, you know, he Portnoy's in like 10 different bands in his band called flying colors. And he likes all kinds of stuff. So I think he jumps into a different, a lot of different stuff. And homie is obviously uber talented. And then Richie Cotson, he's been in Poison, been in Mr. Big. He's got a bunch of stuff solo, uh, many, many, many albums. And it comes out in this because a lot of the influence that's here in the songwriting, Billy and Mike are really kind of bringing the rock influence. And Richie is a Prince fan, Stanley Clark, Hall of Notes, loves the Blue Eyed Soul, loves the R&B, and loves the 60s. So that's why you kind of got the groove coming in. How I kind of came about the album, there was rumors that our super group was getting together. I was already a huge Cotton fan, huge, huge Billy Sheehan fan. I loved Mr. Big, so there's no reason for me to hate on this stuff. Didn't know a damn thing about Portnoy because I never really liked any of the Dream Theater stuff I heard. It wasn't my bag anyway. So I kind of knew what to expect because the drummer is not going to kind of drive the songwriting anyway and figured I would love it. I always loved Eric Martin, still do to this day, but hearing Eric Martin and Richie Cotton's Cotton sing leads on some of the Mr. Big stuff alternating, I always knew that Richie was going to end up doing his solo stuff because the guy's too good, right? And when you when you go back and listen, listen to the Native Tongue Poison album, listen for the backing vocals, and you forget what Brett Michaels exists. And then you start thinking, you're like, why the hell isn't the backing guy? singing this stuff. Like, why is this other guy singing? And that's because Richie's getting in there late, right? So 
that's the first time I'd ever heard Richie. So you kind of, you know, these guys think about, I'm seeing Billy in 86 with Dave Lee Roth. I don't know anything about Portnoy. I've known who Richie Kotzen is since basically the early nineties. And now we're at 2011 and these guys are going to be in the super group. I was all in. So that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah, for me, I, so I knew about the name, the winery dogs, because I've always been a, a follower of Eddie Trunk from that metal show and his radio in his you know radio show, Sirius XM. So every time I think of the winery dogs, I'm like, oh, that's the band that Eddie Trunk was involved in getting together. Um, never really listened to their music too much, primarily because I didn't really know who Richie Kotzen was. I knew the name. That was about it. Um, I knew Mike Portnoy, loved him. Um arguably right now, probably the greatest living rock drummer right now. I mean, people would get into that discussion. That's a whole separate discussion, but so I knew oh. Mike Portnoy cause I liked some dream theater stuff. Um, I knew Billy Shan because he had been around uh, arguably one of the greatest living bass players. So you put those two guys together right there, you're going to be hitting something out of a park. And I'll be completely honest with you. Sonny, we talked about this, never really heard Richie Kotzen until the last night of the kiss cruise. Me and Tony went up to the spinnaker. It was the final show of the final night of the cruise. And I'm like, I'm here. I got to see what, the, what it's all about. Fell in love immediately. I had no idea what kind of vocalist he was. I had no idea that he was a bluesy guy that could also kick ass and rock when he wanted to. No idea. And even it was, this was, so the cruise was at the beginning of November. You picked this album right when we did Rage Against the Machine. Was at the so it was at the end of November. So the timing for me personally was like perfect. I'm like, this is great because I'm starting to get into Richie Cotts and solo stuff. But yeah, I was never really, I never gave a chance for this album. But it's weird that I didn't because it kind of it, it checks off everything, and especially me with the vocals. I'm like, why would the vocals keep me away from checking out a band? Uh, but it was. I mean, I'm thrilled that you picked this album. Obviously, we'll get into why I'm thrilled but with that. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I know about the band. Yeah, so I knew nothing about this band. I've never heard anything by Mike Borton. I never heard anything by Richard Kotzen. And I never heard anything other than Billy Sheehan and David Lee Roth's band. I just remembered, um, I, I even though I never played guitar, I'd buy a guitar magazine in the 80s. And I'm like, why is there a bass player on there? And they were all bragging, Billy Sheen, Billy Sheen. And then I saw David Lee Roth's band. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy making a big deal out? I didn't know any band he was in. And then obviously he was in Mr. Big. Um, knew nothing of this band. Went into this thinking, I'm going to fucking hate this band. It's a sunny pick. I can't wait to shit on him. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you know what I think. I don't know. Um, I have no expectations. I had no idea what this is. You know, the only impression I have is uh, Portnoy seems like a hard rock drummer. Billy Sheen, my mind is David Lee Roth and Richie Cotton was in poison. So put that together. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit going to sound like? I never heard a song by them. I didn't know anything about them. Listen to this for the first time. So. All right. Yeah, I think I think one of I think one of the worst things for a first impression is to hear Richie Kotzen be part of Poison because you're because instantaneously you're like oh really that, <laughs> yeah. that that's not that's not a plus you know um, but yeah no I, I, like I said it, and and it's funny because 
So this is their debut album. They had a second album. And as we speak right now, the, the single for the upcoming album is has been released with the new album scheduled to come out. According to Wikipedia, it says February. Um, so the fact that they're in the middle of making new music to me, not to sound cheesy, I think that that's exciting to see like these guys still like this quote unquote super group still putting out uh, new material. So that that's pretty awesome. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Eight six seven Um... All right, so the Winery Dogs was released on May 5th, 2013, self-titled debut, produced by the Winery Dogs. Uh, it made it to number 27 on Billboard's 200 album chart, number five in top rock, top rock albums, number three alternative albums, and number four on independent albums. Super group called, I mean, basically, I think it's almost like the definition, right? Um, yeah. And um, the album, I don't have album sales on. There's not much information on this, but uh, that's what I've got so far. Yeah. So Wikipedia says the album has only sold. This is as of 2015. So you're talking seven and a half years ago. It only sold 58,000 copies, which uh, that, that that's 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 crazy. It reaches number 27 on the Billboard 200, but only sells 58,000. But whatever. 
uh, and there's a this is, this is an interesting description. So listening to this album, I'm like, yeah, okay, I kind of see that. So a music reviewer compared the album to blues rock bands with such as Cream or Zeppelin and modern hard rock bands like Soundgarden, Blackstone, Cherry, and Velvet Revolver. So when you hear that, you're like, oh shit, that's like you're checking off a ton of different boxes there. We'll get into what we think of those kind of comparisons when we review the album, but I think right off the bat, um, it's uh, it, it's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. Again, I had no idea what I was going to hear. Okay? Me neither. And this album came out in 13. Music yep. was a little bit different then. Yep. It's a little bit more of a revival now in the, in the 20s, but let's let, we'll get into that. Uh, album cover. Anybody want to talk about it? Yeah, I kind of like, you know, the simple logo kind of looks like it's uh it's almost like um uh putting a drink down on a table without a coaster it's yep. kind of like those kind of circles right yeah leaving leaving the the ring there the wine yeah. yeah and don't know if if the intent is blood or red paint since it's red i love the paw as the o yes but that picture this picture is basically we're about to go to lunch. Hey, 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 that's a cool background. Wait, take a picture. We're going to use that for the photo shoot. Right? That's all. These guys are going to lunch right now. That's about it. Yeah, yeah I think it's, I love the color scheme, like that, like that yellowish brown. Yeah, uh, it's like an old Western. It's like an yeah. old Western newspaper, I think. Yeah. That's supposed to give the illusion of this is old school rock. Yeah. I mean, Portnoy looks like an absolute badass. Uh, Richie Cotson looks like a homeless man. And Billy Shan looks like their parole Grandpa. officer. <laughs> yeah, he lo- he lo- he lo- he looks he-, he looks like that parole officer. Um, so right there, you're like, wow, Cotson and Portnoy look like total badasses. And like you said, Billy Shan is like, why am I here? <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a just a you know a standard shop, but at least they put a little a little art in there, like you said, with the the wine stains and, and the logo with the paw and you know a cool color scheme and stuff. So yeah, yeah. For me, I I look at this, and you're right. <laughs> An old car dealership guy is in the middle trying to sell cars. <laughs> um, and the other guy looks like who is that actor that was in um who got the shit kicked out of him that was in um uh dazed and confused and he was in saving private Ryan and I think he was in friends for a little bit. He was like gonna be like what's his name's roommate. What's that got actor's the, name? Got the shit kicked out of him and dazed and confused. Yeah, remember he got the shit. He challenged the tough guy. the The guy embarrassed him in front of the redheaded girl. He's friends with the redheaded girl. And the oh other guy. yeah, 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 yeah. That guy, and he was in Friends. Yes, yes, yes. And he was in Saving Ryan. Brian Ryan. He got the German guy fucking stabbed him real close. A fucking horrible death scene. Yeah, that's yep. who Richie Gotson looks like with a beard. That skinny guy. <laughs> and and then skinny silent Bob on the right. Um, And then the car dealership guy. I think it's a fucking <laughs> fun picture. Yeah, it's it interesting. Is. It's like it is. it's like people watching. What yeah, I look like. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yep. Yep. So um, the logo on the inside. So you guys. I don't know if you have this logo, but in the vinyl, no, there's a dog logo too with the yes, three with dogs. Yes, all three as dogs. Yes, I that, have that is a bitchin' logo right there. Hold on a second, Sonny Pooney, you have this vinyl. Yeah. Do you have any idea what that goes for on Discogs or eBay? I have three copies of it. Okay, well, we're gonna have to set up a deal when we're done with this recording. <laughs> is it that the, expensive, really? I will tell you right now. I have been searching for this. Okay, really? I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go on disc because discogs is for me is a lot better sometimes than, uh, Oh, wait, I don't have three copies of this. I have three copies of hot streak. Okay. I do have a copy of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, right now, the cheapest, the cheapest on, uh, discogs four copies available. The cheapest one is from Canada, 125 bucks. Really? Yep. And all, all the other, all, all the other ones are from overseas and they go for over 150. Wow. Does it have the same songs on it? <laughs> so the fact that Sonny Pooney stole has, your line, Sonny. I stole the, your line. The fact that Sonny Pooney has uh, multiple copies, you can deduct that from my fantasy football winnings <laughs> and send me a copy of that. Oh, I forgot. You owe me money on a bet. We'll talk about later. Oh, is, that the, uh, the Julio is, that, is that the Julio Mike Jones bet? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be working up that money. All right. Okay. No, okay. Brother Jones. That, yeah, that'll be that'll be on the sidecast. <laughs> All righty. So, um, ready to get into the tracks? Let's do it. Let's do it. First track. So we're going to start with elevate. Um, and you know, when you got the talent that you got in this band, there's no stupid intros. You just kind of get into it. 19 seconds in, you hear the vocals. And as soon as you hear Cotson's voice, if you have never heard Richie Cotson sing and you are a Soundgarden fan, immediately the comparisons go with Chris Cornell. There was people talking about him being in Soundgarden. And I remember, I think Richie was on an interview saying, are you guys fucking crazy? <laughs> I'm not replacing Chris Cornell in Soundgarden. I'll do some tribute shit if you want me to, but that's it. And what's interesting about Richie is he started as a suit, not a pseudo guitar God. They were trying to make him a guitar God. He, the first two albums are all instrumentals because his voice didn't really fit the music that was being popular in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. And I think he saw his voice going, well, I can't sing like the guy in tiger tales or poison or trickster or whatever. So I guess I'm not going to be able to sing. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm not going to be able to be a lead singer. Right. <laughs> and he's, he's closer to your guy. He's between us in ages. Okay. So he got to feel hair metal and grunge kind yeah. of at the same yeah. time. Yep. And I think he saw grunge as a, Hey, but I can do that. 
I can do that peppier because it's got some soul in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of where he landed anyway. But, uh, so you hear his voice right away, which is great. I love the little bass slide note you get right before each first starts. I mean, there is earworms all over this, th- this thing. Symbol accents are perfect. I, I love that after the second verse, you get like this bass solo, then you get like a few jangly guitar accents and you get Portnoy going off. So what ends up happening with this type of stuff is the critics, you know, whether it's the critics or the fans are really h- trying hard not to like, uh, winery dogs. What you'll hear most common is they show off too much. Hmm. And I would say to those guys, uh, if you got big titties, I don't want you in a turtleneck. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like if you got it, flaunt it. Right. I mean, I think there's a time they're overdue it. Okay. But you know, when, when at one fifteen you get some guitar notes and then you get the vocal melody and then at two Oh nine, you get this perfectly placed snare hit before the last word. Like they are purposely putting stuff in to get you tuned in. And I will tell you, you want to see me happy. I am watching the 2015 Super Bowl. They're going to commercial out on Elevate. I was screaming wow. at, in the house, babe, wow. they're playing Elevate. Babe, they're playing Elevate. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And she What's that? What she was doing. Perfect opener. Love the chorus. I think it's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're if, if we were ranking intros, of songs this is just incredible i mean what what an introduction to a band to an album absolutely incredible and when richie's voice comes in and it's like a howl i'm like holy shit how the hell have i not been involved with this band like why have i not been following them it's absolutely incredible and when, what the, the little the little licks that they're doing on the guitar. First of all, Billy Shan, when was the last time, if ever, you saw somebody finger tapping a bass? That doesn't happen. And then you got poor. It, 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 the song, the intro is absolutely incredible. And then to shift gears into one of the most unbelievably, incredibly melodic choruses with background harmonies and then right back into just an absolutely blow your face off, like riff vocals solo. I mean, like you said, Sonny, you got Billy Shannon, Mike Portnoy and Richie Cotts in your band. I don't want to see a turtleneck on. Yeah. Take your top off and show me it all right now. I don't now. understand you guys. Turtlenecks could be tight with big tits. No, the point I is, don't, the point is don't cover it up. You want like a T-shirt or a low cut or like, something. I'm thinking of like Chrissy in Three's Company and those turtlenecks <laughs> with their fat jugs. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, what's wrong with that? That's a nice look. I get anyway, you. I get you. I didn't know where we were going. Oh, get those little fucking Cheryl Ladd fucking bikinis with the guns out. Uh, that's I, okay, I too. I like those. All but, right. Uh, yeah. Ki- yeah. Ki- killer, killer track. Just killer opening. Incredible. All right. Elevate. So I told you, I have no idea what was going to come out of this. I want to like this. I'm trying to like this. I put this on. I can't stand this. I can't stand any of this. I Just kidding. Dude, you did it to me again, Sonny. I fucking 
hate liking shit that Sonny gives me. This is on the level of hailstorm like that you have introduced me to. Yep. I have shit on Richie Cotton since the day I met Sonny Pooney. Who and the neither fuck one, and is neither one of us Cotton? ever heard anything from but him. That's yep. our point, but that's yep. our yep. that's us. Yep. That's our yep. fucking I don't know, personality. I'll like, okay, Richie Cotton. I listened to this. So I'm expecting a guy that really can't sing. Okay, he's doing the all right, who wants to sing? I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I'm the least bad singer, so I guess I'll do the vocals. That's what I was expecting. I must have written down what the fuck Chris Cornell Soundgarden shit a million times through this album review. I have bottled all this shit up for over a month and a half to go. Mm -hmm. Now, I will admit it took me a while to get used to it and, and listen to and figure out what's going on. When I played Elevate and Elevate starts off this album, I, I yeah, there is some showmanship there. Dude, 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 why am I listening at some point? I'm like, Billy Sheehan. The first time I heard them, like, why am I listening to a fucking bass solo? Is that what this is going to be? Slapping the old bass. And I went biddly, biddly, biddly. And that's when we came up with the lyrics to Elevate. <laughs> and I look over to Richie. And Richie was going. Dee, 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 dee. And then Mike Portnoy is going. Boo, doo, doo, boo, doo, boo. Um, you know, one time I was going. You know, I was doing my thing, going like wookly wookly, right? Jones, they're going scooby dooby dooby zooby doo, and Ringo's over there going doobly doo doo doo. You know, and George is going super doo doo boop boop boop, and I go back and I'm going rubbishy loop doo doo right? And John's going super doo super doo, and Ringo's over there going you know, and that's how we came out with most of the White Album. So you, the first thing I also picked up on. I'm like, this is like creatures fucking drumming. Yeah. What the fuck is this tone on this drum? Now, I heard that Mike Portnoy is this big, great drummer. He I is. didn't know what I was going to get. Yep. And I'm like, wow, they're showing him off. And then I hear Billy uh, Sheehan. And then I know Richie Cotton's supposed to be a guitar guy. So I'm listening. But this is the first track. So I'm like, is this going to be these showmanship type of uh, insertions into songs just to fucking show you? Hey, look how good we are. But when they hit, as Tom said, this like pop like chorus, I was like, what the fuck? Yep. Dude, this is this is it, it may not seem sophisticated, but it's very sophisticated to get these type of choruses in the backing vocals to make this like how is this not on the radio? I said the same this, thing. This I don't know like how this wasn't a hit. Or 90s. It is perfect. And it's not. And I'll say this throughout. Oh, by the way, all the lyrics are credited to the winery dogs. That's all it says. So right. I'm not going to do li- like, you know, word lyrics by. Yep. They're all the winery dogs. So I don't know who's doing all the writing, but the writing is fantastic. The drum intro, the voice. And I put the first thing I wrote was, wow, is this Chris Cornell? And it's got a little bit of the black dog in the still of the night kind of yeah. uh, verse. Then boom, right to the guitar part. Do, 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 do. And uh, and then that popish chorus. It just it's a little known fact. I take it in the back. I don't know what he was saying there, but it's it's catchy, <laughs> is it not? The drum fills, the bass solo, guitar solo. It's an instrument showcase, I put it. Yep. The yep. drum fills at the end. Every time Mike Portney's doing those bass drums, like I can feel like I feel like my heart will palpitate with it. Like, holy shit. 
Um, there's a video. It's like a performance video. Yep. Um, nothing that, you know, nothing takes away from the song. It's pretty decent looking at it. black and white, then playing the song. You can kind of see. And then what I picked up on the most, though, is Billy's backing vocals. Yes. I didn't know of him as this great backing vocalist, but wow, he does a great job. Um, yeah. So first of all, that line is a, it's a little known, it's a little known fact. I see everything in black. No, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. So what happens with a lot of Richie stuff, and we'll get to it a little bit too, is I can tell exactly when he's a major songwriter in the lyrics. Yep. Because he says he's a happy guy. His lyrics do not come out as a happy guy. Okay. They're so deep. Can, They're deep yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. Now, usually in the video, I'm surprised this didn't pop out because normally the first thing people say is Richie sounds like Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. The second thing they notice is he's not playing the guitar with a pick. Yes. I noticed that too. Incredible. He, he got rid of the pick 10 or 12 years ago because he himself said it was making me lazy and sloppy. I pay wow. attention better when I don't have a pick. I he noticed that in the touch. He threw away the pick about 2012. It's done. I saw that like video and though? I was like, holy shit, dude. How the hell is he doing this without a freaking pick? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. do you know what I like about him? He's playing a Telecaster. Mm. Oh, I Classic. Love, that. love yeah. that. Yep. Classic. But it looks like the three guys are having fun. They're dressed normal. I love yep. it that Portnoy didn't have 85 drums. Nope. Right, like they're yeah, they're it's a small set. Yeah, right, you. right. Yeah, in it's, that video, he's got the small set. Rock. Yeah, here's who we are. Yep. And Billy Sheen looks like Greg Norman with that fucking hat on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, second song. So desire. So now you get kind of a more of a funk tune. I love the guitar riff and the groove. I think the fuzz of the guitar kind of adds something to it. You know, you cut the guitar, then the vocal starts, and then the guitar just kind of becomes like an accent. So instead of the music being the focus, focus, you get Kotzen's soulful voice as the focus. That breakdown plus the solo that. 45 seconds in the middle. Fucking awesome. I love that Kotzen doesn't play Bumblebee, but the guitar solo kind of does blister through the mix. But, you know, you don't need five-minute solos. But he does got a show, and he is kind of a guitar god, so he's doing his uh, thing there. If you're wondering what he says right before the solo, because he kind of mumbles and you can't tell what he says, he says, put your faith in me. That's what he's saying there. Mm. 
And, uh, this was the first single, right? So to me, you know, let's talk about Portnoy a little bit and we'll talk about each of the guys. I'm sure Portnoy is probably what I would describe as the Neil Peart of rock drummers. That's exactly true. He can true. do anything. Yep. Could he be in rush? I don't know. I'm sure the guy's talented enough to be in rush, but do you really want to be Neil Peart in rush? I don't think so. Right. That was, but, actually, that was actually a topic of conversation of him t- doing some shit with Alex and Getty when Neil passed. Cause he's probably the only person that could pull it off right now. Yeah. But I'd be just like Cotton was going, you want me to replace Chris Cornell? Right. Exactly. Are you crazy? Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. One of the best singers in his generation. He's like, ah, no, thanks. Yeah. I'll do my own thing. Right. Yep. So, but, uh, you know, I've never really heard any Portnoy cause I don't like dream theater. It's 10 minute songs. It just takes too goddamn long. And I don't like that progressive shit, but hearing, if you could just somehow listen to the songs and just clue in on Portnoy, mm. dude, he is bashing the shit out of these. Yeah, it's insane. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. No, this is a, it's a great song. I like how they shift gears a little bit. So you get like a little bit of a mid tempo, kind of a bluesy kind of groove. The chorus, I couldn't help but thinking tempted by squeeze which is a song I, when he kept saying tempted by the, I'm like, wait a minute. What is he saying? Tempted by the fruit of another? Wait, what? No. <laughs> uh, cause I, cause it's like, it, it carry that same kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, but you got a little bass solo, then you get the guitar harmonics. And I love that funky little guitar solo that I can only describe. It, it was almost like a talking. It was like, like just incredible stuff going on there. And like you said, like, you're dealing with three virtuosos here. Yeah. Like, like that is what you're dealing with. Like three of the best at what they do are now together and they're not doing anything in crazy, like rush or anything crazy, like real, they're playing rock with, and then they're, but they're inserting little flourishes of the thing that things that make them virtuosos. So they're, they're checking off all those boxes. They're making like the music geeks happy. But then yeah. they're making regular rock fans happy. And I think this this song is a nice example of that. All right. Desire. Uh, this song is so fucking funky. That riff is so cool. I like how he begins with that. Whatever he does at the beginning there. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fucking riff takes off. Little earworms like that. I, I fucking love the tone on his guitar. It's been killing me to figure out what it sounds like but the guitar he fill the guitar fills he does after every fucking line that tone is awesome i don't know if it's a george lynch type tone a warren Mar- d martini type tone but it, after every fucking line when he's like oh, holy that is stanley God. clark right there that's stanley clark on a rock guitar that's what that is yep it's a jazz musician Okay, I don't know. Yeah, Stanley St- Clark. St- Stanley Clark is like a real like modern kind of like jazz like funky kind of dude. Yeah, I don't know if it's like it's almost uh, for me. I would probably say like Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's like that yeah. like that fucking like sophisticated tone. But for metal, I, I think of those two like Lynch and stuff. Um, the chorus is so cool. Ain't no way to get out and then guitar fill. Boom, boom. Oh my god. He doubles up on the vocals. Did you notice that at some point yeah. in the two ver- the last two verses? That's is that him in, in uh, just 
or is that Billy yeah. jumping in? I think on the recording it's him, but live it's Billy. Right. And, uh, well, you were talking about hailstorm earlier Same. a lot of these, a lot of these bands, let the singer do the doubling of the vocals yeah, and then yeah. live Alice and chains was probably the only ones that they had two like real separate voices. Yeah. That third voice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think these guys are careful. It doesn't get too funky on, on recordings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like bass solo, then a guitar solo, then a Michael Jackson, <laughs> whatever the fuck he said in the <laughs> middle there. Now that I know what the hell he's just said. And then another solo. Whoo! This song. So this was like my rise on uh, your heat album that you brought to us. Like the song that kind of stood out like, how is this not played anywhere else? This song is so fucking fun and cool. Uh, oh, Jesus. And there's a video for this. Same it's, video shoot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Say, pretty much. Everywhere yes. is basically everybody's wearing black now and Richie's got the beanie on. That's about yep. it. Do you remember like the eighties? They'd be like, like Def Leppard had like the same video shoot for like four for high and dry. <laughs> the same clothes and everything. That's what I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Rush did the same ch- thing. Remember yeah, Rush yeah, was yeah. the same video, <laughs> shoot. but they changed baseball caps or something. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's the same video as elevate, but it makes you like appreciate what's going on in the song when you get to watch their hands and, and appreciate. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have to say it. Every fucking song has got an incredible guitar part, an incredible bass part, and then obviously pounding crazy drums. Somehow they make it work, and the song, uh, pay attention, Ingve, does not get hurt by their musicianship. They didn't need to go on for fucking 15 minutes. The song was still there. And God bless them, man. It's a great song. Great song. Uh, song number three. So, you know, it's a rock band, so there's no reason to bore us, I guess, until later in the album. So you get another funky type groove song. I think it's a great one, two, three punch. By now you start noticing every musical transition is like complicated, but it's perfect. Almost sounds uncontrolled, but it comes back into time. Um, I love the guitar riff. 
I'm not in love with that whiny, softer part of the first part of the verses, how the vocal is, but I love the way his voice kicks in on the second part of the verses. So, um, you know, just, just not hitting my ear, right? Love the bridge, love the musical interlude before the guitar solo. And here, Richie's like, well, people say I'm supposed to play fast. So here you go. You happy, whatever. Um, so the chorus is written to be radio friendly, overall good song. All that being said, if this is supposed to be, we are one rise up against the man, go get yours. This ain't exactly rage. <laughs> this ain't getting played at rallies. <laughs> so we are one. If we're at home, I don't know where <laughs> we are one at like the rally down the street. <laughs> But yeah. I like the song. Yeah, this is like, yeah, we are one in our, my recliner, though. So I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Uh, yeah, it starts off very like alternative. Like this is when I start to feel like some kind of grungy kind of uh, feel to it a little bit. Uh, it's got a great bridge, but I'm noticing for me a little bit of a trend here where they're kind of struggling to nail the chorus here. Not really, not digging what's going on with the chorus. The bridge is cool. The chorus is like, ah, like, it, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it's Richie's vocal tone or, or if it's just the vibe of the chorus itself, or it could be the lyrics. Like you said, we are, we are one. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Are you? Cause I don't, I'm not. I don't, and they don't want us to be. Yeah. You might not be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> incredible, incredible guitar work and solo. It's, it's almost like a, it's more than just a solo. Um, and the other thing too, fight the power, leave that up to <laughs> Chuck D and public enemy. Leave the fight, the power to public enemy, Richie stand up and fight the power. And I'm going to go back to my chair. See you guys later. Cause like, it just, you're not, you're not doing it. You're you weigh 110 it. pounds. You ain't fighting. Yeah, you're, not, you're not, you're not fighting the power. Okay. <laughs> but uh, musically speaking. Yeah. But th- this is the first one. I'm like, ah, there's a couple things that aren't working here. Kind of vocally and vibe wise for me. We are one. I wrote five seconds into this song. I bet you Tom likes is better than the kiss version. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, absolutely not even close. <laughs> yeah, right. But I like this better than the Kiss version before I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my mind went right to the Kiss song. Of course, um, but it does sound like the hoping. I'm like, it sounds like a little bit like Jungle. Like, this, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Carmen right Souls, in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I I started writing down, and this is my list of bands. That I feel like this album sounds like a bunch of them, different ones. At some point, I got Bad Company, Free, Soundgarden, Gin Blossom, Almond Brothers, Black Crows, Skid Row, Stone Temple Pilots. Obviously, yep. Soundgarden the most because of his voice. There are different things in other parts. I even have Mr. Mister in one song. Yep. It, there is so much shit going on. They have so many different styles, but it works. It's not, we don't know what we are. So here's this. Okay. Uh, we should do a blues number or like <laughs> yeah, Gene exactly. like album. Let's cut a ballad check. Let's do <laughs> a, uh, you know, a hip hop song in the middle of paralyzed. No, Gene, let's not. But there's so many influences, so many different types of songs. 
This We Are One is is just another another example of it. The drum fills again. The second chorus is just Portnoy is just killing it on this. The solo from the three minute mark on is awesome. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this solo it's specifically good. because I think the solo is better than the song itself. But the song is still good. But the solo is better than the whole uh, song. Um, the ending. With a foot on your neck makes you feel like you're defeated. I don't know. I'm I'm not singing the melody. I'm not saying the melody correctly, but it's fucking great. Uh, the bass drums by Portnoy at the end is making my heart pound. I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it so loud. Holy shit! Yeah, the the solo and and then the end part. I I like the song. I like the song. Let's go to the fourth track. So Zeus mentioned earlier, everything is uh, credited to the winery dogs. And I'll tell you that I'm a big enough Richie Kotzen fan where I can tell you where it's a hundred percent Richie. And I can tell you where it's basically 0% Richie. This is two thirds. This is, this is what you get on Richie's solo stuff. You get emotion. You get this smooth vocal that has a pain to it. And then the guitar riff that the, that matches the pain to like hit the right notes to make you kind of feel that you're sad or feel that you're upset or feel that you're sorry. Right. I've said it before. Hailstorm pulling shit out of my personal journal, dude, I have basically said every one of these words to my beautiful wife of 28 years. I've said everyone, this is straight out of my fucking journal. You add a watt to it. That's heavy. Fits the song so well. It's all about kind of this. Why in the fuck are you with me when you shouldn't be? I could imagine singing this top of my lungs, fucking hammered by myself (laughs) at home. Right. Just crying as I'm singing. Oh my God, dude, this and as you can notice, there's not as much showing off on this song, right? So Mike and Mike and uh, Billy get it when it's like, uh, let him do his thing here. I think we'll kind of stay out of this. We'll we'll put in pepper little things here and there, but uh, yeah, you got this one. We'll just go mid tempo, and uh, I think you got this one. I'm telling you, this would be a hit in the '80s, early '90s. I absolutely love this song. 
Yeah, this is definitely like a showcase for Richie's voice. Um, you can definitely tell. Love the vibe of it. Love the groove. Love the slow, kind of painful, but like kind of melodic. Again, the only problem I have here is the chorus is just a little, just, I don't know. The chorus is, there's something a little bit off with some of it. I, I, I mean, I like the song. Richie's voice is incredible in this. And I do like the really slow kind of melancholy type of groove to it but the, the chorus is a little bit yeah uh but i do like how you you said how billy and mike know to pull back and be like okay this is not our song right now let's 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 do what we need to do and give richie the the, the spotlight here i'm no angel so he talks about his mojo rising and i yeah. think of the elvis song i got my mojo working but it just won't work on you and then you just get the jumpsuit going. I got my mojo. It's such a fucking southern word. This mojo. Remember Mojo Nixon? See, all I think of Mojo Rises, Jim Morrison, when he says Mr. Mojo Rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that. That's mojo literally the that's literally, that's literally the yeah, only thing I thought of when he said my mojo rising. Yeah. I think yeah. of those Elvis seventies concerts, and he's got no. the jumpsuit on. It's such a southern mojo. And then uh, Mojo Nixon. The guy used to do, uh, he was on MTV in the early 80s all the time. He was a Southern guy. And he was in uh, Great Balls of Fire, I believe, the movie there. Anyways, very bluesy, very, ooh, ooh. A lot of, like, smoldering type of, ooh. Very Cornell-like vocals. I like the bridge. Don't you think you'd learn by now? I think that, and then quick, nice, quick solo. I... I don't dislike this song. It doesn't move me compared to everything else on this album. Yeah. So again, it reminds me, I'll say not as musically, but just my feeling of it. It's like a, the Peter Chris album when we did Tom, like, yeah, I, I don't mind. What's the song? Peter. It's the girl goodbye. Yeah. Like, like I don't mind like kiss the girl goodbye and stuff, but like, I'm not looking for it. If it's there, yeah. I'll listen to it. Same thing with this. I don't mind this song. It doesn't move me or like the other songs on this. So it makes me scared a little bit when Sonny's like, this is Richie Cotson solo shit. So then I'm going to say that I'll probably stick with him in winery dog stuff. Now, mind you, you might tell me another part is Richie Cotson and I'll tell you it's fucking brilliant, but he's still on a roll. The song's pretty good. So and before we go to the other side, um, there's a video which is finally something a little different, a little. Yeah, so you got them playing poolside, and they got like this dramatized video where, in the end, like the man is cheating on his woman. So the video is good; it fits the story of the lyric. It's a good balance of you see band and you see the drama. Mm -hmm. But did you see all of a sudden? Mr. Portnoy had a color for a goatee. Was it yes. purple or green or was yeah. it a mixture? Yeah, he had like a the wrestler, the blue meanie, the yeah. fucking and he, stupid and, and, blue beard. And he also had his nice big giant drum kit that he didn't have in those other videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poolside. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All I liked that the chick was hot. She and was the, very I was like, hot. yeah. And I'm like, and she's with some dork. And how is it that the dork cheats on her at the end? She walks in and he's like laying in bed with some other ugly chick passed out yep Dude, you can do better there's three guys on the album review crew talking about this video now yeah you can do better than all yeah, three forget of us. about the three guys you, that are you, poolside you yeah that have better. all the talent you can do better than all, <laughs> and three all the of us. money you come to us 
and um, we'll we'll shower. We have you. no talent, wait, wait. no money. We'll shower you with all our podcast money. That boy's got talent. <laughs> all right, now let's go to the other side. So the other side, we'll get back to the faster pace. I love that the instruments all come in one at a time. Love that the guitar melody is basically following the vocal melody. The pre-chorus is interesting. I guess that's Richie rapping. I'm not too sure about that. Um, The chorus got a little bit of R&B, but then the verses are more rock. And I love that, like that little guitar solo transition into the second verse. Love it like 142 where he goes, I don't even understand what I really mean. Lasts about three seconds, but both the bass and the guitar solo follow the vocal melody. And, you know, you're throwing just like a little light back in vocal at the time. So it's good earworms. In the end, though, song's probably about two minutes too long. I love it. I'm a fan. But, dude, for new fans, save that shit for the live show. Like, you don't need to put that at the end because I think this is where people get they're just showing off for the sake of showing off now, but just personal opinion. And this is why we have this show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they added the two minutes. It's so, epic. Oh, we'll get to that. Hold I just on. find uh, it funny that Sonny really has a problem with song lens. 20 yeah. seconds, 15 seconds. Indulge the artist, really. Is 15 seconds going to ruin your whole day? Because the song went off. 15 of- wouldn't, but two and a half minutes does. Size matters for Sonny, okay? Size matters. Uh, so, all right. So, we, we've recovered from the little slowdown song here. We got a, The band is absolutely ripping here. Just absolutely kicking ass. It's like they woke up from, from the nap that Richie made him take on the previous song. Um, Sonny, you said it. The... the the bridge or pre-chorus, very odd, and the falsetto, like, ah, just not. I think it's good. rapping, right? Yeah, it's it, bad it's, rapping. It's, it, it's not. It's it's just not good because in the chorus, I like the I like the actual chorus. I like that incredible solo. The tone is so interesting and and unique, and I love it. And I love it. Now, the outro that you don't like. I love it. 
I love it. You don't think it's showing off though? It doesn't need to be there. I see to me, honestly, before before we started discussing this album, the whole idea of this band showing off never entered into my mind for a split second at all. Never, like never. Especially to me here, I don't think of it as showing off. I think of it as I'm just throwing something that really doesn't need to be there. It, it, it probably doesn't need to be in there. It probably doesn't need to be here for as long as it is. But I don't really look at it as a showing off. I just think of it as like a little outro. Um, maybe if it was 20 seconds long, it'd be even better. Um, but I think it's kind of kick-ass. I, I, I like it. But that 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 weird bridge with the rapping is in the, yeah, that kind of is weird. But uh, it's a good song, kick-ass song. The other side, I write, you know, the massive drum into that bass again. I actually like the bridge in the chorus a lot. I, for this one, I put very Stone Temple Pilots like uh, mm, cool okay. solo into the chorus, and, and I'm like, Sunday, bro, nice outro with drums, guitar, and bass." Yeah, <laughs> but or I'll not, mention, yeah, or too long. Uh, but I think this is a pretty good song as well. All right, let's go to the next track. Let me start here. Mike, I love you. I have to start by saying Mark, Mike Portnoy, I didn't know shit about you. I have become a huge fan listening to the winery dogs. I love you. But note to all rock bands, stop letting the drummer write lyrics. If you're not Neil Peart, super duper sappy. I'm sure it means a ton to Mike and good for him. But this is what happens because Richie normally does not allow this. Normally he writes lyrics that he's going to sing so he can put the emotion in right. 
And there's something about this song that just does not connect with me. I mean, you know, it's a ballad. There's a cool star with a bass and the guitar is playing a cool melody. But I remember first hearing the vocal and I'm like in the verses, I'm like, is that Richie singing or is that Mike singing? Everybody in that band swears it's Richie. It don't sound like Richie to me until it gets to the the pre-chorus and the chorus. So the whole song, like the guitar solo is cool, but overall, the song's meh to me. You could have left the song off the record, in my opinion. There are much, much better ballads on this very album than this one. And I will end with, Mike, I love you. I'm a fan. I don't, but it just did not connect with me at all. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I definitely don't have a big of a problem as you do. See, I mean, some of the lyrics are a little bit corny, but um, I think the melody of the song itself is incredible. I feel like the way it kind of fades in with like that kind of the guitar harmonics there. I think the chorus. I think Richie's vocals. His. I think his tone sell the chorus. I think. He, I think if anybody else sang this, it'd, it would be that much more cheesy. But I think his ability to really carry the feeling behind the lyrics comes out in this. I think his voice like suits this type of song. Um, I, I definitely don't have as big of a problem as you do. Yeah, some of the lyrics are a little bit cheesy, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a pretty well constructed song. I think Richie, you saved me, Richie, because you saved this song. Put it that way. Uh, you saved me. Uh, I don't know why am I defending this song to Sonny. Sonny's mean. I fucking love this. I didn't get a cheesy vibe from it. I didn't get a cheesy lyrics from this. I think the lyrics are fantastic. I think his vocals on this may be his best on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, when he does that, you save me in the dark, my darkest hour. So Chris Cornell on that. Wicked. It's amazing. And yep. also a little bit in the beginning part, what uh, that whole kind of like, I don't know. Backing some, I don't know. It's not like Mister Mister take these broken wings. That's where I got that influence by. And then Gin Blossoms type vocals too, as well. This is very to me '90s type song, and there are a few of them. This is like that alternative, not grunge, but alternative '90s Gin Blossom type song that mm-hmm. would work. That I could hear play right after about in the late '90s. Uh, I fucking love this. I love the build up to the bridge, to the chorus, um, a nice little solo. The tone is so nice and cool. Oh, I, I, I felt again, this is like, holy shit. How is this not hit the radio? It's a beautiful song. Really? I mean, it really stood out for me. Um, uh, gin blossoms follow you down. Hey, jealousy. Is that who the hey, gin jealousy? Are? Yeah. That guy's yeah. vocals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. The guy that does it, he's got, there's some other good songs on that. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Hint. Um, but that's, you saved me. Uh, it's not hopeless, Sonny. Maybe me and you can agree on a song. <laughs>
not hopeless. So we get back to the rock with a great riff. Uh, what's cool about songs like not hopeless, especially is knowing Richie, um, music catalog so much. This is a song that my guess is three of them get in a room and this is magic. This is created from soup to nuts with the three guys just kind of throwing ideas around and not bad for old school, get in a room and just start jamming song has a great pace. I love that bass solo right before the guitar joining in before the bridge, that whole breakdown thing. And you got to remember Billy and Richie already had chemistry from Mr. Big. So the, these transitions and these runs that they do together shouldn't surprise anybody because they had done it for years already. Portnoy's going off the entire song, just unbelievably. Um, the bass is base. The bass is basically going off the, all the time too. At times, Billy like is almost uncontrolled on this album, right? But then at times, you kind of brings it back to the pocket, so you just kind of go with it. But the one, the one part of this song that just fucking gets me is when he goes because yesterday is over, and then the guitar solo starts, dude. I just got goosebumps saying it out loud. Like that kind of shit floors me every time. I love that in songs. So you get another, another kick-ass rocker here with an unbelievable intro. Again, the band is just like, just on point, just incredible. You got some weird kind of interesting, weird in a good way, tempo changes during the bridge and the chorus, which the chorus is again, a little, eh. I still like it, but it's like, ah, you guys got to work on nailing some of these choruses. Um, awesome bass, little bass solo into an awesome guitar solo. And then another guitar solo. Again, the, these songs are doing such an incredible job of showcasing how fucking amazing these guys are without it being like Vinnie Vincent Ingve shit. The song, you doesn't know, suffer. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's it might be a little showy, but it's like restrained and tasteful, if that makes any sense. Um, but I, I think this is a, this is a killer track right here. Did uh, you say restrained and tasteful in the same <laughs> sentence? I meant restrained without the Y. <laughs> <laughs> restrained spelled correctly. Yeah, the correctly spelled restrained. Yes. It's like an unlimited punching bag. I absolutely love it. That's what he gets when he does our intro. We got to we got to just pound him because we love him so much. Yeah, that's so nice of us. Uh, <laughs> this is a very not hopeless. Uh, I have this is very sound Soundgarden like. So the vocals are on point when he does that. Whenever, whatever you believe. Oh man, it's hard rocking. The bass groove is like driving this song. I feel like his bass is like moving. Everything goes on that. And then this yep. crazy bass solo into a guitar solo and then lyrics, then another solo again. So good. Um, I'm surprised when you said I got the goosebumps. I thought you, Sonny, you were going to talk about that last part of the song where he hits this fucking notes that his voice, his balls got put in a vice and he just <laughs> fucking went soaring his voice at the end of this. Huh? Amazing. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Amazing. Again, I I, I pictured this guy to be like, okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll sing. Like John Sykes singing. Okay, I'll sing the song. I'll be the singer in this band. 
this guy is an incredible singer. Incredible singer. Wow. Anyway, let's go to the next track. One more time. So here you get the Stevie Ray Vaughan coming out of Richie a little bit. Great guitar melody, tons of groove. Almost The song almost feels like a blues dance tune. You gotta love a song that starts with a lyric. Tell me what's your drama. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine going up to a woman and just tell me what your drama is and we can get it over with. Right? Oh, <laughs> It's like we used to. It's like we used to say we did the Ace Freely the solo yeah. album review during yeah. "What's on Your Mind." Yeah. Tell me why you're so uptight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's on your mind? Why you so uptight? <laughs> um, unique, fun song. You know, just about. Come on, you know, I can forgive you. Let's just try yeah. again. Whatever. Yep. Um, some of the earworms on this album and on this song is just Richie singing the line a little different. Right. He must say, do you want to be alone? Like three different ways. And there is an earworm in there. And then I love the change of the song a bit right at the bridge before the final choruses. It's a well-written song that's blues more than it is rock. Yeah, I I you said Stevie Ray Vaughan. I said this could almost if you turned up the distortion on like a Leonard Skinner track, it could be like Southern Rock, Black Crow, Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of vibe, which I I absolutely friggin' love that kind of stuff. But they they turn it up a little bit more here and add a little bit more kick ass rock to it. Great, another great solo. I mean, the, the solos are just incredible. One weird thing, I keep harping on these choruses here, but th- this song doesn't really have like a real full-blown chorus like i mean there you know he says the the you know the one more time and then just kind of gets right back into that groove and that little that swagger which i i think they nail um yeah this is this is a really cool song kind of something different that we haven't heard so far on the album yeah one more time a fucking funky guitar again i love the smoky vocals that he kind of does on this one i had almond brothers and tesla yeah okay there you go Yep. I felt like Love Me, that's off of uh, the yeah. debut from Tesla. It, similar, Tom, you had Leonard Skin and stuff. Really liked the chorus. I'm forgives, but I don't. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> that's line. What I, that's what the phrase I always knew, but he says, so do I. So do I. So he's being yeah. a little bit nicer than the most of us. I'm forgives, but I don't. Uh, really cool solo. The outro, 
come back home where he keeps saying that over. These type of songs are what really gets me. This desire, love that funky shit and his vocal delivery. I almost feel like I could like the song if it's just his vocals. Then I can be like, you know what? If you have another singer saying it, I could like it because the way the guitar is playing and the funk that he's got going. Wow. This is one. That was one of my favorite tracks. Um, let's get all fucking damaged tonight. I don't think I should be here. Maybe we can make it through the So damaged. Love that the vocal starts immediately. I absolutely love the guitar solo, especially the first half of it. And then it builds into kind of some noodling. Here's another song where Billy and Mike kind of stay in the pocket and let Richie do his thing because this is 100% written by, by Richie, soup to nuts. There's absolutely no doubt about it. This type of song is littered all over Richie's uh musical catalog and again straight out of my fucking journal dude this anytime i hear this song specifically i am at the brink of crying it, it, it for some reason like this whole thing about so the lyrics say i don't think i should be here maybe we can make it through the night i don't know what i'm feeling maybe it's maybe that it's better somewhere else Somewhere where my mind turns off and my heart becomes a guide and maybe my guard is down, but I don't seem to mind. Now, is he talking about he's ready to cheat on his woman? Because that's what it sounds like to me. But you don't really know because the, the lyrics aren't complicated. Like we're not talking about dinosaurs here, Thank but God. the lyrics are deep. Yeah. And if if I wrote these lyrics and this melody, I wouldn't even know you fuckers. I would oh. send this. I would sell this to a pop icon and go make my 10 million and be set for life. Dude. I absolutely love this song. This is the song I go to every single time I go to this album. This is usually the song I start with. Yes. The song kills. Um, incredible jazzy bluesy vibe really showcasing what Cotson can do vocally just incredible the chorus kills his voice soars he carries it but musically i think his voice is so good and does so much in this song 
that sometimes you forget about that that music, like what he's doing. It's and this is kind of what pulled me into him when I saw him on the cruise. I I honestly I thought Richie Cotton was just like a straight up like balls to the wall like rock guy. I had no idea at the all. The poison his, thing. That's the same yeah, thing I thought I was getting into. I had no idea that his voice had this kind of tone and that he liked this kind of jazzy blues, like kind of just like smooth kind of shit. When, like he can do both. I had no idea he had this in him. Uh, this song is a standout. And you know how, like you could call like a Steve Perry or Jonathan Kane. Those guys are the kings of writing a ballad about how much I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Richie Cotson, knowing all of his music catalog is the king of writing about what the fuck are you doing here? You shouldn't even be with me. Yeah. He is the king of that. Yeah. Tons of songs about it. He knocks it out of the park every time. Yep. Sexy time. Ooh. <laughs> Damage. <laughs> it's not Richie Cotson. Yeah. <laughs> we should have used to a, be used to be in poison. Yeah. We should have a ooh, Hall of Fame. Ooh. <laughs> the hand is up, the hand on the hip. Ooh, somebody's riding somebody. <laughs> riding dirty. <laughs> Bill did us just like he did Monica Lewinsky. He was riding dirty. Sexy time. Um, I'm again. This is another part of this. I wrote, dude. How many fucking different bands does this band sound like? Because it's like a whole different thing. I thought of deeper the love by White Snake a little bit on this yeah. one, right? Um, I thought I, the chorus is good. It's a good pop rock song. Again, I had Gin Blossoms in here for some reason in my head. Cool solo, great vocal, great lyrics. The combination, I love when we do a band or an album and we're not like, dude, this is beyond stupid. Now, mind you, we all love bad Kiss lyrics too, but these lyrics throughout this whole album, he's either got a major like addiction either with fucking drugs Oh. Alcohol that he's overcoming, a yep. sex addiction. He's got some fucking problems, and he's letting people know about it through his music. It's his festival. God bless him. Yeah. yeah, God bless him. He's got some. That boy's got talent. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate this, Sonny. I have to give you credit. The, I mean, the, this is, and this is just one. This isn't like a shitty album, and then this one masterpiece. This fucking album is filled with all different parts. Throughout my listening of this album, there have been so many different times. Like, oh, that's my favorite song. That's my favorite song. No, no, no. That's my favorite song. No, no, no. Holy shit. This one's my favorite. And this is any day. This could be my favorite. It's a fucking amazing track. How is it that people aren't like, God, this was a fucking brilliant album. Mm -hmm. I'm just. Maybe it's because Sonny Pooney liked it. Rated high by Sonny Pooney. People are like, oh, this can't be good. Throw it in the fucking dollar bin. Wow. I don't know, Sonny. Wow. This is, this is, uh, uh, you, you got me excited about a band that I didn't even, I never expected to like. So, and uh, I know I was digging myself six feet deeper. Like that build up?
six feet deeper. All right. So we get back to the rock. What an awesome groove. Most of the song is straight ahead rock, but there are some serious groove groove to it. And then I'm sure you noticed you get a little mini rip it out type Mark Mike Portnoy thing before the guitar solo, which is kind of cool. Such a great chorus on this song. Um, the guitar solo was a straight show off. It's even longer than most of his guitar solos. Obviously, Richie just, all right, time for me to show off a little bit. All that being said, I thought the song ended a little, little weird. Like the end was a little too long. We probably didn't need the four last 45 seconds or so. It's kind of a waste of time. But uh, overall, I like the song. And yes, and I know this from experience, it is sometimes cheaper to keep her. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so we got a that's killer experience so we, talking right there yeah. oh god like that's why that's why we have sunny here we need a segment at the end <laughs> not you make me rock hard it needs to be the sunny experience talk here yeah. you go sunny i I'm got having troubles with my women and then yeah. sunny just says listen i read your shit fucking it's cheaper to keep her that's it <laughs> yeah like like two sentence answers to all these people's problems I like it. Oh boy. Yeah. This song kills. Absolutely. Just kills the, the band. It's a stomping riff. Uh, the, the beat, the rhythm, the groove. It's incredible. Again, Sonny, I'm sorry. I love the outro. It's heavy. It's <laughs> grungy. It's aggressive. It's dirty. It's heavy. It's like Allison chains and Soundgarden And these guys, like, it's just, this song just kills. Great chorus, melodic chorus that fits. It's almost like every uh, every once in a while, Mike and Billy are like, "Hey, Richie, we can kick ass. Let's let's do this for a minute here." Um, six feet deeper, the song absolutely rips. Awesome, awesome song. Yeah, six feet deeper. Uh, like I don't know if the song sounds like a dial tone, an old style dial tone when it begins, and I'm like. Fucking mm. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then it almost opens sounds like elevate a little bit in the beginning. Sounds oh, very yeah. similar. For me, I have this as a skid row type of song from the uh previously done Slave to the Grind album. Sounds like it would have fit there. No, that um, album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like a terrible album. It's a great it's album. Terrible album. Great album. Hey, well, this man. is <laughs> Hey man, I heard you bitch getting on my album, dude. Why'd you tag me in this post, man? <laughs> if you hate the album, man. Oh, there's a drum solo in the middle, and then into the guitar solo. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, another drinking type of recovery type song. This guy's got problems. And I wrote, Tom, same thing. Kind of a grungy type. Sound garden ending, right? Yep. Love it. Yes. So all right. <laughs> let's go to the next Yeah. 
Time Machine. So unique guitar riff. Love that. I love that the verses are so different than the pre-chorus. The chorus okay to me. It doesn't ex- it's not exactly one of my favorite on the album. The music so punches you in the head though. They they do a couple of guitar bass ri- uh, riffs and runs, but Mike gets a lot of time to show off on this song. And then in the end where for the last minute when they pick up the pace a little bit and Richie starts going off, it's probably not super necessary, but I actually like the choruses when they're a little bit faster. I actually like that a little bit better. So uh, better than the normal of the song. It's okay. I, I could have done without this on the album, but the unique guitar riff alone is kind of cool, though. You don't like grunge music. That's why yeah. you like this song. <laughs> exactly what the problem is here is this this song fucking kills at least i'm consistent this right? is this is like a full-blown grunge tune right here the, it's got a sludgy groove to it those bass runs that billy is doing the vocals are incredible the, the chorus is okay but i think you 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 said it perfectly saying when the first of all in the song after the solo when the song speeds up and the band is just fucking losing their mind mike portnoy is just absolutely going bonkers on the drums the sped up chorus i prefer over the the regular like kind of sludgy uh tempo of the chorus but this song oh man i love it love it just a brutally groovy heavy sludgy grungy song so cool all right, time machine. I'm with Tom. And he's like, Dr. Tom, when you're going to psych eval some one of us or somebody else, you could go like, yeah, Sonny doesn't like grunge. Yep. <laughs> you can pick it up right away. Yep. Definitely Soundgarden STP type song for me. As yep. soon as I heard the vocals when he's singing those Cornell like vocals under control, but I'm out of control. Oh my God. The backing vocals on this are fan fucking tackers. Mm. The fan- Fan fucking tastic. And that's why I'm starting to be like, dude, even that I'm picking up I'm like the whole album is incredible. Like lyrics, vocals, uh, drums, bass, uh, guitars, backing vocals, like everything. I'm trying to think like what isn't good production, all of it. <laughs> the <laughs> there are bass fills in this song. <laughs> Slapping the bass. You got a double neck? Do you know how to play that thing? Uh, well, not not nearly as, as good as you, but uh, I, uh, I I I have uh, been known to slap at the bass uh, big time. 
Why is he talking like a leprechaun? <laughs> Everybody says that. And I was going, a 90s type big outro. Fortnite going nuts. The tempo speeding all over the place. But the thing that I got to talk about, I've been finding myself, Tom will know this. I've been finding myself repeating this line over and over again when the, the song's called Time Machine. And it, I flash back to, you build a time machine? <laughs> you make a time machine? <laughs> hey, we, we in Kazakhstan, we see America, we think very advanced, but you have a tools that are very primitive. <laughs> you build a no. time machine? <laughs> the, guy, the guy's like, no, this is like a time machine back. To the 18th century. In uh, Kazakhstan, we think uh, USA very technology, very good. And now I see it's very primitive. This is 200 years ago. We are not in the year 2002 here. We are taking, this is a time machine back to the year 1750 or 1760. You make a time machine? You build a time machine? <laughs> and the lady's like, he keeps talking about buying slaves. You are a slave? I am not. I am a historic interpreter. Yeah. I am a museum educator. Can I buy you? <laughs> no, I'm afraid you can't. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, that is the yes, best. Yes, yes. I like you. You're liking me. The guy's like, I don't know. I, do, I don't know. <laughs> that, that time machine line is in my fucking head. <laughs> Anyways, there's a video for this. Yep. They start on stage at rehearsal, it looks like. And then when the pace picks up a little, they're like transported to the live setting. Mm-hmm. This video is fine. Man, like when you see, and since we're talking grunge and some of these other, like when you see some of the Pearl Jam videos that are live or some of the rage stuff we saw that was live like that, that gave you, man, I want to go see that live. I want to be part of that. And I didn't get that from this video. I don't know if that was the intent. Um, I will tell you, yeah, I would tell you, I have seen winery dogs live six, seven times. Me and the wife are going again on in March here in uh, Ohio. Um, the kids have seen them. My son absolutely loved them live. The girls thought they were a little boring because, well, they're three guys trying to play their instruments and sing at the same time. Like they're, they're not, you know, they're not Bruno Mars. They're Can they pull dancing. it off? They absolutely. Oh my God, dude. Live. They are amazing. Okay. Zeus. They're coming to a small club, the Tupelo music hall in Derry, New Hampshire, which is like 15 minutes for me next month. We can do it. Yep. It's on a Sunday. You will not be sorry. I promise you. Yep. Yeah. I saw the video. They do a, like a, like a performance type video. And then at the end, cause I'm like, I'm just kind of not paying attention. Like there's nothing really interesting going on. It's just a performance type video. And then all of a sudden, Oh shit, they're live. And I'm kind of watching how the crowd is reacting. It's one of those like, you know, when you see a performer that's really talented and the crowd is more like taking it in, they're not up there rocking out, fist pumping, but they're more like, wow, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I could see these guys and fucking sit in my chair and watch these like an old man and enjoy it. Or I can stand up. Depends on what yeah. I feel like doing. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh time machine. Let's go to the next track.
Dying. I, for some reason, it's in my head. Like the song is kind of like so subdued at the beginning. And then. And I go. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Richie kills songs like this with his vocal. I mean, his vocal is set up for fucking pain. And the slower, the better. And it's got a little bit of space in the song. So Portnoy can kind of show off with his fills and his accents and his little tap and it, tap and it, tap and whatever he's doing. The song's got a little mix of a blues. It's got kind of a grungy side to it, especially the chorus and dude and the line. And maybe watching you bleed is the answer to my dreams. I'm like, okay, that's go a little far. Um, it's deep, I guess. The song is just too long for dumb rockers like me. I'm sorry. Oh, I get it God, that you're trying dude. to play out the mood oh, at the end. At but least you acknowledge that you're dumb. Two and a half <laughs> minutes long. Of you know that Stairway to Heaven song? You know that Freebird song? You know, kill half of it. That's right. I'm with you. I'm with those songs, too. No, kill half. See, of I it. don't understand that radio mentality. Radio edit. Because if a song is good, if, Can if I get you're the a radio edit of Freebird, <laughs> if you if you're enjoying a song, why would you want it to end sooner than it's recorded to end? Why? Why? I don't need the move to play out <laughs> all the way through, dude. Like, do 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 Freebird would the guitar solo wouldn't come on. If you right. hit a radio, I know, but it just usually after the vocals over, I just skip to the next song. Usually, to be honest, I don't even listen to the rest of it. Why? It's just too long. Why? Why can't you do whatever you were doing while you were listening? Why? I was driving. I was about to drive off a cliff. <laughs> do 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 do. Sorry. 
Okay. Well, anyways, I love this song. I love this style against the jazzy, the blues, the kind of melancholy here. Richie Cotton's voice is just incredible. The chorus sounds like it could easily be something off of a Chris Cornell solo album or, or a Soundgarden type of album. Great solo. I love this vibe. That's why this album is just so goddamn fun to listen to because they can have a song like Time Machine or Six Feet Deeper <laughs> and then have a song like The Dying. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> you can't say Time Machine. <laughs> you built the Time Machine? I like you. You like me? You make a time machine? <laughs> All right, the dying. Again, it's almost like I think there's like three songs like this. Yeah. Um, that style, that bluesy foreboding. Ooh, and I go do do do. I go do 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 do. So like that. Um, another demons type uh, lyric song for him. Uh, he hits those high notes in that chorus. You got that boy's got talent <laughs> to do that and not make it sound. Give that to Paul Stanley. Hey, Paul, you're going to do this Richie part. You're going to jump in on the cruise because Paul was watching Richie Cotson oh, on the he cruise. Was. He came in yeah. to watch it. And Richie goes, hey, why don't you hit the high part on this, Paul? I think that's an insult to me. <laughs> um, this should have been on Stone Temple Pilots Purple because that's where I feel this song fits in Perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Right after Pretty Penny, Silver Gun, Superman. Oh, right in there. Oh, Army Ants. I think this song would have fit in perfect. Interesting. Um, Just wash the magic off my shoulder. Ah, The way he sings that is just beautiful. Mm. Another great solo and outro as well. That means uh, I like the part that the song went on and stuff. Let's go to the last song and find out if any of us have any regret.
regret. So this is 100% Richie soup to nuts. This, I can tell you, neither Billy nor Mike had anything to do with this song because this is 100% what Richie does on his solo albums. The guy, he's from Philly, so he loves Hall of Notes, and this is a type of song that Hall of Notes can do. They can. The pian- oh, yeah. The piano is a Richie favorite to add to his solo work. What a perfect guitar solo for the song. When the music cuts and he says, I paid debt, and then it almost goes to like that gospel type vocal. And then Richie's doing like the vocal gymnastics at the end. That's total Daryl Hall. Again, song absolutely from my person personal journal. I can imagine. Tony is driving me home. I'm fucking hammered. And I'm <laughs> at the top of my lungs. <laughs> let myself go <laughs> i could just hold oh my god love this song so so much epic closer to me i love it that the end of the album with it yeah it, it's incredible it's just ah richie cotson's voice just has a just he has one of those voices where you believe what he's selling you, you you're picking up what he's putting down when the song first opens like the, the 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 initial groove of the song, I'm like, I, I I feel like it sounds like that song. If you don't know me by now, you. I'm like, wait, what are we doing right now? And then I'm like, oh, okay, it's gonna do this instead. Um, beautiful fucking piano solo. I love the piano. You don't hear that often. The closing, it just the emotions rise. You get a little bit of a gospel style there. Fantastic song. Fantastic closer. Regret. Isn't it amazing when you think of this album, this is on the same album as Desire. Yeah. As, I don't know. Time machine. (laughs) You make a time machine. (laughs) Elevate. In other songs, it's amazing. I I love this gospel. The guy's got talent. That boy's got talent. And a little bit of that walking in Memphis type like soulful mm. blues. Yeah. And of course he's got Nell Carter jumping in and helping him out after her uh, uh, music with uh, who who's Nell Carter playing with. What's the album? The give me a break soundtrack. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Give the me hot, a break. I show deserve the, hot in the shade after coming out of silver oh, spoon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, wasn't there some gospel and something kiss? Like, yeah. But, uh, I wasn't bored with a silver spoon. <laughs> so this is the kind of shit that I get annoyed about when I think of like a Rolling Stone and other magazines and stuff that don't like this is beneath them. Like they wouldn't even give right. an out like for all these little critic things like these artists that have one songs that they are greatest out that they don't give this a like, holy shit. I don't care what type of music you like. You could like this mm-hmm. pop like. Top 40 people that listen to top 40 artists would love this album. It's not yeah. too heavy for them. Um, hard rock fans can love this album. I am, uh, it's a great closer. It's different. I love the variety that they put on this album. And, uh, you know, it's he, he, in his raspy voice, he can do a bunch of different things with his vocals. Who would have thought that the thing I would say about Richie Cotson having heard his music first? 
is the vocals. I thought he was like a CC Deville fucking like flash, flashy guitar guy to take over for CC when he was out of poison. How the fuck was this guy in poison? That's why native tongue is so different. So when you listen to native tongue, you can tell like when they do until you suffer some fire and ice, that is hundred percent written by Richie. I don't care if poison shares all the credit that ain't written by anybody, but Richie. Yeah. Well, it ain't fucking Brett Michaels on vocals on any of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh that's the tracks final thoughts. Let's go to Sonny first. Okay. So Portnoy was in an interview and he said, in this interview that the band's main influences were Zeppelin, Cream, Hendrix, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, the Black Crows, and Lenny Kravitz. They were trying to do a classic rock band, a hard rock uh, sound with those bands in mind. I'll tell you, I like a lot of the music from those specific bands, so there's probably no surprise I like this album. Billy's one of my favorite bassists of all time. Richie is a top 10 artist for me all time. I didn't know anything about Mike, but obviously I learned quickly. Homie's uber talented. You got a dictionary definition of a super group. If you love Mr. Big, there's no reason not to love this. And if you think the winery dogs show off a little bit, if you got big, big breastuses, let them out, baby. That's for Christy Canyon right there. Excellent rock album that I've listened to at least once a month for the last nine years. And most of these songs are all over my Spotify playlist. I mean, great album overall, just totally awesome. Yeah. This is why I love uh, doing an album review crew. Every once in a while, we'll pick albums that we know and love and everybody's a fan of every once in a while. Somebody will go, well, take a little bit of a curve. Um, I've known about the winery dog since they were first created, but I never spent any time with them. I know Billy Shan. I know Mike Portnoy became familiar with Richie Kotzen. As I said, um, you know, on the cruise, I, had such a fun time. I loved listening to this album. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't like, okay, I got to listen to the ARC album one more time so I could take notes for the, for the recording. Like I like right before we were recording this, I have, so I have my turntable set up in my living room and I have like a, like an old school receiver and the receiver is it has Bluetooth capability. So stuff that I don't have on vinyl, I can still listen through my old school stereo with the speakers and everything. So because I don't have this on vinyl <clears throat> hint, Sonny, I was blasting like, I, like I was blasting this in my living room before we were recording. I'm like this fucking band is just incredible. It's in it, the fact that they're touring like 20 minutes from my house next month is just, ah, just oh, maybe a, you can get the vinyl there. I wonder if they'll have the vinyl there. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but it, just a great album. Great album. Lots of fun listening to this one. And and now I want to check out their the second album, which I don't really know too much about. And now now I can't wait for the for the new one to come out next month. I'll tell you, I like Hot Streak better. That's oh, the second album. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. See, unlike Sonny. I uh, I will change my mind about a band or an artist, and I will actually admit when I'm wrong. Uh, one of these days, I'll find something that Sonny will say, holy shit, I like this. I haven't done it, but he's done it to me twice. Twice. Not, I, oh, I like that album. Like, I liked Peace of Mind. I kind of knew it a little, but I really liked it. 
but nothing like this in hailstorm. Holy shit. Mm. Um, this is why this, um, this uh, podcast is not only great for you, the listeners, but for me personally, like I'd want to do this. And it, this is part of the podcast kind of stuff that me and Tom and our, we have a friend named Jimmy would do once in a while. We'd be like, Hey dude, listen to these tracks and give him something to listen to. Tell yep. me what you think. And then come up with a, like a playlist and he'd give me something and I'd give him something. And it like personally just enjoy this without a podcast. You've given me now something that I really enjoyed. So I, I tip my hat to you. Uh, I say, thank you. This is a fucking great album. And I hope people will uh, open their ears, jackass, to when we put songs in albums that people are like, oh, the fuck? Rush sucks. Oh, fucking R.E.M. I'm going to drive off the fucking thing. Allison Change. Oh, who's got heroin? Like, give it a fucking chance. You might find yourself like me going, I fucking want to punch Sonny. He made me like this again. No. He fucking hit it out of the park, buddy. Great, great fucking pick. See you next Thanks. week. so with that being said let's rank these songs and shit on each other for our picks yeah that's my favorite that's my favorite part of the song ranking yeah you fucking crazy i already know sonny's gonna hate my 13 oh oh you're gonna hate my 13 okay all right number 13 for me don't let drummer write lyrics you saved me (gasps) Mm, wow We're going to be all over the place. Yeah. I will say right off the bat, this was other than the top like two or three. This was very, very, very difficult for me to rank. Very difficult. Number 13. I'm no angel. Number 13. I'm no angel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Guys, all fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Number 12 for me. Do, 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 (laughs) do. Scooby, dooby, do, do. God damn you. Isn't that the, the Bud Light thing? Doobie, doobie, doo. <laughs> the dying. Number 12 for me. We are one. <laughs> the, this, this song or the kiss song? Both. All right. 12 for me is the other side. And that is my number 11. The other side. My number 11 is not hopeless. Uh, 11. Elevate. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my and I, god. And, and I like it. What 11? Yes. The third worst song on the album. It, I don't consider these worst songs. I think they're all 13 great songs. Wow. wow. My number 10, we are one and they don't want us to be. Nice. My number 10 one more time. Uh 10 not hopeless. 9 for me one more time. Number nine, desire. <laughs> I'm going to fuck up all your fucking list. Uh, nine, six feet deeper. My oh. number eight, time machine. You built a time machine? You make a time machine? Number eight, you saved me. Ugh. Number eight, regret. Number seven for me, desire. Seven for me. Seven for me is regret. Seven for me is the dying. Six for me. Six feet deeper. Cheaper to keeper. 
Nice. Six for me, other side. Six for me. We are one. We are five for me. Elevate. Every step I take. Every, every. Five damaged. Number five. You built a time machine. <laughs> you make a time machine. Four for me. You guys already fucked it up. Not hopeless. Four for me, the dying. Four for me. Storm damaged. Three for me is going to be I'm no angel. Three for me. Time machine. <laughs> Thanks, Porat. You make a time machine. Uh, number three for me. One more time. Number two for me is going to be regret. Number two for me, six feet deep, deeper, whatever. Number two for me is desire. Funky ass shit. And number one for me, and it's not only my favorite song on this album, it would be the top 20 for me all time. And that is damaged. Nice. Number one for me was easily elevate. That song absolutely rips. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, number one, you saved me. Wow. Yep. That song moved me. Wow. Damn. Yes. We have a, a three-way tie for third. Okay. Okay. So the three-way tie for third is elevate six feet deeper and regret. Number two was Time Machine, and number one was Damaged. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Let's get to the good stuff. All right. Album covers. So, Tom. So this is the 36th album that we've reviewed. If you want to see the list of all the albums, you can visit our website at shoutitoutloudcast.com. Click on the ARC link, and you'll see every album there. Um, my top five album covers at number five, I have highway to hell moving pictures, rage against the machine, blizzard of Oz and purple rain. Uh, I'm going to put these three handsome men right above use your illusion two and right below Pearl jam 10. Uh, that is number four will be number 14 for me. Wow. I like it. I mean, it's really nothing crazy. I just like the color scheme, and I think Richie and, and uh, Michael just kind of badass. It's, it's just it's cool. Okay, my top five album covers. I got five: Purple Rain, four Moving Pictures, three Rage Against the Machine, two Slide It In, one Peace of Mind. I, I think it's a cool album cover. I have it at number twenty-four, though, right below the bat, and right. In front of the pirate guys of bad English. <laughs> the pirate guys. Nice. All right. For me, number f- uh, top five, five is slided in. Peace of mind is four. Appetite is three. Blizzard of Oz, two. Hotel California, one. This is a standard um, album cover. I, I, nothing great. Nothing bad. But uh, I don't know. I, I would probably say it'll go 27. I don't know, above OU812 um, okay. and uh, underneath my uh, 
rainbow down to earth. So uh, that mine is 27. Now let's go to actual albums. Wow. This is going to be tough. Yeah, this is going to be very, very tough because I absolutely love this album, but it's, you know, I don't have a lot of history with it. And some of these other albums that I have ranked highly have been, have been around forever. Yeah. Uh, right, right now, my top five are number five, 10, four, Rage Against the Machine, three, Shout at the Devil, two, Purple Rain, one, Moving Pictures. This will be the highest ranked Sonny Pooney ARC submission. And it is now number 14 for me. Wow! It is above Back for the Attack. That's insane. And right below Appetite for Destruction. Um, The problem with Back for the Attack is near the end of the album, I'm like, I think I just heard this song like three times already. <laughs> uh, but I love Back for the Attack. But it's tough. I mean, it's tough. We, we This is our 36th album. I mean, it's it's gets so difficult, but I, I really, really love this album. Um, so yeah, Winery Dogs, fourteen for me. My ranking of the albums top five at five. I got Appetite for Destruction, four Slide It In, three Hailstorm, two Purple Rain, one Black Tiger. For me, I love this album. We've reviewed a lot of albums that I love. I actually have it at number eleven, hmm. below Pyromania. And right above Madeline and Purple Haze. Oh, jeez, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like listening to you describe the songs on this. I'm like, there's no way he's putting this below Winger when you're going around that era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, for me, I had number five at Appetite, four Pyromania, three Blizzard of Oz. Hotel California's two and automatic for the people is number one. I absolutely love this fucking album, but we are at a point where there isn't albums that I don't love that mm-hmm. are on this uh, thing. So most of these albums are, I would say till I get to, you know, the late twenties that I'm like, eh, I like it. I really do. But the other ones are in here in the middle are just fucking favorites. And, the, and Tom, you said it. There's no history. Okay. Maybe in five years, I'll come back and say this is just higher. But I love this album. It's above, it's going in the, uh, number 20 underneath Night Songs and above Detonator. Nice. Nice. That's where we rank these. And what we do next is this. You make me rock hard, Tom. What makes you rock hard? Well, I've been on an actual hot streak of picking good movies to uh, to stream, so it was difficult to pick um, what I wanted to talk about this week. But I'm going to go with a movie that just came out on Netflix called The Pale Blue Eye, starring Christian Bale. Takes place in... Uh, the late 1800s takes place at West Point and Christian Bale is a detective that's hired to investigate the death of a cadet at West Point. And he ends up asking for help during the investigation 
with Edgar Allan Poe. And the guy who plays Edgar Allan Poe is fucking out of this world. Now, it's based on a novel. Edgar Allan Poe did really go to West Point. He was actually kicked out of West Point. Um, So it's not like a true story, but it's a murder investigation that appears to be like a hanging. The movie has tons of twists and turns. You think the movie is over and wrapped up neatly, and then you realize that there's like 25 minutes left. You're like, how is there 25 minutes left? They, They hit you with it hard about why there's 25 minutes left incredibly well acted beautifully filmed beautifully shot it takes place in like the winter at west point and everything is like dark and blue and gray the acting is incredible the the the, the costumes it's i'm not really big on period pieces but it, anything in the winter time that involves like a mystery and especially christian bale fucking incredible um i can't recommend this one high high enough it's a netflix um original and it just dropped. I think it might be in, in certain theaters, but it's primarily a Netflix called The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bale. Incredible movie. I loved it. Nice. Why would Edgar Allan Poe help with a murder investigation? What's he got to do with? So when they when when, when Christian Bale meets with like the commanders of West Point, there the, he Christian Bale spends a lot of time on the campus, like in the, like the dining areas and dealing with the cadets, and they're looking into exactly like what happened because it appears to be a hanging but they think there might be something more and christian bale ends up just kind of like hooking up with edgar allen like he doesn't like seek him out but edgar edgar allen poe kind of knows that christian bale is there to investigate so christian bale realizes like okay this guy kind of knows like he could be an asset for me to help with this investigation but the guy who plays edgar allen poe i've never seen him before in anything else he's incredible He's he's so good, so good. It's a really, really, really well made movie. Nice, yeah. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, mine is actually a Netflix thing too. I am uh, a huge comedian fan, certain comedians, but I am a huge fan of Sebastian Maniscalco. And oh yes, he just released a new Netflix special. It was released on December sixth, called "Is It Me." And he had a pretty cool idea for this one. He sent an email to all the ticket holders and asked them to dress up like retro Rat Pack, right? Come dressed to impressed. And he said about two thirds of the crowd complied with the request. It was kind of cool to see people at the win kind of dressed up in tuxedos and totally had this Rat Pack vibe. Um, if you don't know Sebastian Maniscalco, he's one of the biggest comedians out there right now. Incredible. Super funny. Great live. I've seen him live several times. Material-wise, if you've never heard him, the material is between Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy. Yep. Language-wise, he's between Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy. But his facial expressions is what is the killer. Like, yeah. he's got this, I don't know how to put it any other way, it's italianness right because he's italian (laughs) that he really puts that shit out there and it is hilarious and unique because he can do it because he's italian so if you have never given sebastian maniscalco a chance try is it me the new netflix special it's awesome sonny i watched this my mom loves him too obviously we're we're italian I called my mom. I'm like, you have to watch this because as I'm watching this, 
I feel like I'm watching myself. And what I mean by that is half of his comedy is him just bitching about how fucking ridiculous people are. Yeah. Like it's like it's like curmudgeonly observational humor. Like yeah. it, it, it this this one's this one's great one. It's great pick, Sonny. This one's a good one. And I love, you know, I love Eddie Murphy. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But Eddie yeah. Murphy could be raunchy, right? I love yeah. Dice too. Yeah. Dice can be raunchy. Yeah. And I love Seinfeld, but since sometimes Seinfeld can be pretty PG. Oh, like totally. Sebastian's kind of right in the middle. Yep. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that was coming. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm excited now that oh, you guys great. gave it good reviews. Yeah. So for me, I've got a bunch of shit that I've seen, especially over the holidays. So, but I'm going to go back before I want to hit this because I want to tell people they should go check it out. Uh, and that is the Netflix movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I didn't we mean to see Netflix. this. Shouldn't we get some sort of money from Netflix? Yeah. I was just going to say all three of us are picking Netflix originals. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, people may have read the book, may have seen the old movie of it. This version is fan-fucking-tastic. If you ever see a movie and walk out of there and be like, yeah, war's a good idea, (laughs) (laughs) go watch this movie. It is so like, what the fuck? Why are we putting all these people through all this shit? What is so important? It is brutal. At the end, all these people treated just like ants. They're insects, they're bugs. You can stomp on them. Lives that just got thrown away. Oh yeah, just send fucking all these people on the on the front and have them walk all the way over there. And the story goes in World War One. It's basically the Germans trying to take over this section in France that is only like a mile apart. And I don't know how many, whether it's a million or whatever, people died. And that fucking battle, that area on the Western Front, like nobody really shifted for this little shit piece of land that's in the middle of nowhere. All these people kept killing each other and they couldn't move past it. And at least in this version of All Quiet on the Western Front, they actually put the political side and showed a little bit how one side is trying to get the war to end. The German one part of the political power on the German side is like, dude, you know, we need to stop this. All these new, we're still recruiting you young kids and they're all dying going here for what? This war's over. We've lost. Why the fuck are we still bringing new people in? Amazing. It's heartbreaking. Is, 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 is it a true remake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, You'll no but it. I didn't know some, I, you know, sometimes they, I, I know the story is the yeah. story. But the I didn't know the story is there. Like, I mean, it's yeah. the same characters, the same stuff. Okay. It's just heartbreaking. And you see it and you feel like like all these people that you, you know, along the way in the movie, like, dude, this guy just got killed for like nothing. 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 Yeah. His life meaningless. And it's sad because in the beginning of the movie, you start off these young Germans who are fucking not even 18 years old like fed all this bullshit propaganda of how they're brave and they're going to, and yes, they get to fight too in this winning cause. And then they're like thrown in and they show that the guy gets his, you know, going through military training and stuff. There's no training. He gets a jacket. It's got a hole in it from the guy that fucking died. They're recycling clothes, recycling hats, recycling everything. And it's just incredible. The acting is fantastic. Yeah, there's accents, there's um, subtitles and stuff you'll have to look at. 
but the acting is phenomenal. The the movie, it makes you think. And if you see it, you'll be you'll be impressed. All Quiet on the Western Front, Netflix. I hope you guys will watch it. And uh, next time someone says, yeah, let's go in there and bomb these people. Think twice about war. It's fucking brutal. Nice. So nice. Um, what we usually end with is tell people where they can find us. Sunny. I'm easy to find uh podcast rock city every Sunday on uh, Facebook live and uh, grown up rock on uh, well, grown up rock.com is probably the easiest place, but I'm on social media. People find me. I'm the, you know, I'm evil. I'm the bad guy. People love that. Uh, no, you know. we are not the yeah. bad guy. People find the villain. They find yeah. the villain when they want to. Okay. Sonny's a, a good guy deep inside somewhere. Of course there. he is. Real right. deep. You need like a couple <laughs> shovels to get that deep. You can find it. It's there. <laughs> yeah, people can find us. So we're shouting out Loudcast. If this is your first time finding us or hearing us, we are an all KISS podcast that drops KISS-related episodes every Saturday. We do these album review crew episodes once a month with Sunny, where we review non-KISS albums. Best place to find us is our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, that you can where you can find all of our episodes, all of the rankings that you heard us talk about, the list of all the things that we just mentioned about You Make Me Rock Hard, so you can go back and see any books, movies, TV shows, anything we've reviewed. And you can email us, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, or we're on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all those things. Drop us a line, uh, tag us, comment. Let's uh, Let's see what you think about the winery dogs. Yeah, um, please. We love getting the feedback on these. The best way to leave feedback on these are the actual website. When you go to our website and you leave it, the comment stays there, unlike our social media posts, which move further and further down the line. These are permanent. Put your list together. Say what you like. What? How many songs? Rank them. Tell us. And then look at our rankings, which is there. Tell us how stupid we are. Tell us how brilliant we are. We don't care. It's there for the comment. We love to get you guys in participating in these rankings and because that's what we find to be fun. Anyway, we always like to end with famous last words. Let's start with Sonny. I don't have anything here. Nothing I can't live without. The road is so very clear and I don't have any doubts brilliant brilliant i'm tired of taking the test don't test me my troubled mind is a mess you know i'm only trying my best to be set free i'd go behind and change the tide. But where do I come from? Oh, the time machine <laughs> I ride. <laughs> nice. Tom, Sunny, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, Winery Dogs, Alcoholics, Miserable People. Thank you. Always a great time. And I'll leave you with. Sonny, great pick. Uh, Really happy with this one. Even if we weren't happy with this, still always a great time. Love having you on the show. Zeus, as always, my friend. Thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. 
I like you. Do you like me? I'm not sure. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 